back to the Brothers Book Club podcast. We're here in a new week, in a new time of reading, and we've got a new Penguin Classic with us this week. It is a collection of short stories, which is an excellent break from poetry. We've been swamped under a couple waves of poetry lately, Ryan. Yeah, I feel like you could say we're bogged down, or uh, I don't know. Yeah, we were just getting hit with wave after wave, so very welcome change this week, I think. Yeah, there weren't many times to find a breath of air in those in those poems. It was pretty heavy for two weeks. Uh, keep the metaphor going here. Yeah. And yeah, at least stylistically, this was a nice break. We'll get into that in a second. The collection here from Penguin is by a name that I didn't even bother to look up. So congratulations to me. Uh, so little research here that I did not even look up a pronunciation for this Frenchman's name. Guy de Malpassant is what mm. I'm going to say for now. Pretty good. You could even try and throw like a more French twist on it and do like Guy de Maupassant. Kind of just rolls off the tongue that way. The double S's, I'm certain, have some kind of extra meaning or sound, though I, d- I don't know it because having never learned French or spoken French. But yeah, that definitely reads well to me. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, yeah, I agree. Who knows? C'est la vie, I guess. And then, yeah, and we're going to come right back to that croissant later. <laughs> no, I don't. Maybe that's the sound, because doesn't croissant have a double S? Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. content with this. Yeah, yeah, we're, ma- yeah, that's a, that, off to a great start. For the purposes of this podcast, I will be referring to the author as Guy, which is just, uh, <laughs> just Guy. Apparently. Probably his first name. Don't think it's a title. So I think I'm just going to call this gentleman Guy. Respect to Guy. Yeah. Um, And yeah, Penguin collected about four or five short stories. I have not counted them since I've read them. Uh, And we are here to review and potentially recommend them to you. So let's dig into it. Do you want to start with your review, Ryan, Um, which looks extremely enthralling from where I'm sitting? It looks, (laughs) I can't wait to hear it. Uh, We should just, I'm going to give the the listeners a little bit of a background here. I am doing this episode completely off the cuff. Uh, And so, you know, that could be either a great new strategy for me, or it could uh, go terribly wrong, horribly wrong. So... We'll just get into it. I think um, when I first started the, I think it was the first story. um, I thought it was going to be one of those like slow burners, kind of like, you know, kind of similar to some of the poetry that we've been reading over the last couple of weeks, but kind of like soft core or soft, (laughs) what is not soft core, soft paper, like romance novel-y. But um, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought the collection is pretty cohesive and i i thought the the title was fitting femme fatale really enjoyed that one i was yeah pleasantly surprised i i thought it read really nicely yeah it certainly had a a sort of a clean edge to a lot of the sentences a lot of the prose and the style is sort of that way yeah i think i um the the back cover describes it as a sparkling tales oh there's four of them too they even told me uh sparkling tales of parisian high society in the 19th century i suppose going into it with that expectation and having never read this author my review is that i wanted 
maybe something even more indulgent. I don't know if that's like grotesque hmm. of me to request. I just <laughs> wanted something and we'll get into a little bit of the contents on, on this pod. We're not trying to fully, I suppose, say like spoil or just reveal every detail and pour over every detail. But right. I think some of it, you have these these elements. There's, I mean, most of the stories are kind of about sex or sexual encounters. There's mistresses. There's boar hunting. You know, of course, there, you know, there's all kinds of classic pre- stuff. Yeah, pre- chateaus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's wealth and decadence in some ways. I think the stories came off to me as well written, but a little quiet, hmm. and they didn't have. There were moments I wanted it to poke and prod at some characterization. And it just left me wanting more. Um, but now that I know that there's four, I think in my mind, actually, I can clarify this. I think there were two of them that left me pretty satisfied. And then two that left me feeling a little, um, I was going to say raw done. That's not an expression. <laughs> just, I guess I don't even know what that, where did they even come from? These, these tales really have seeped into my mind, I think. In yeah, maybe. More ways than one. What's yeah. the expression I'm seeking? Uh, uh short changed or like uh yeah short changed i guess yeah i guess they just, uh they came up a wanted, little short yeah you wanted a little bit uh a little bit more which is interesting because yeah. i th- i thought uh at least like you said in two or three of these stories i thought some of the character detail was really nicely done there was some there was some subtle um like details and things especially in the uh, femme fatale story that i really liked and I thought was pretty, um, pretty imaginative and I don't know, kind of, um, it was enough to satisfy me for sure. Well then why don't you throw us right into the breach and give us a quote? What do you have? Anything interesting? Yeah. Uh, let's see this. Um, <laughs> this is one that I thought was kind of funny and it's from the story I was just, uh, talking about the femme fatale. Uh, it's on page 11. Um, this is a bit of a, uh, fashion quote that I thought was pretty funny. Uh, they accompany, they were accompanied by men whose fashion plate accessories, light gloves, patent leather boots, canes as slender as threads, and absurd monocles made them look like complete idiots. I don't know if there's a fashion or piece of like piece of clothing or accessory that is aged more poorly than the monocle. Like what? Yeah, uh, yeah. What an absurd! True. What an absurd thing to wear. I mean, can you imagine just wearing? I I wear glasses, but I can never just imagine wearing one piece of glass in one eye. Well, and having to hold it up most of the time in a very right. uh, obnoxious manner. <laughs> yeah, and you just think like you can just visualize who that person, like who that French person is, and like the fact that guys, the guys, like yeah, it just looks like complete moron complete idiot i thought that was i thought that was pretty uh pretty funny i think the top hat or just sort of hats in general have mostly kind of become that though i mean some people can pull off like winter ski caps or i guess baseball hats to a degree but something sure. about I, I feel like the fedora slash i forget the other name bowler hat bowl yeah something like those yeah. are bowler hat those are on the edge now i, I wouldn't Man. say they're full-blown but i think those are edge cases of I think people can be uh, pretty quickly judged for those. Sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. You don't see a lot of people walking down the street where you're like, oh, man, yeah, that's uh, that guy's dressed. He's a sharp-dressed man. No, I, I would say, yeah, you look like a complete idiot. Bowler hat, top hat, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I think I also pulled the quote from Femme Fatale. I'm going to 
um, pull out. I thought that story was maybe the most complex in some ways. Yes. That one left me grasping at maybe not at straws, but at small details to try and infer. I mean, you know, you're trying to piece together this person's like literary imagination through four stories, but I was just left like, man, what is this? What is this author suggesting about different, about like, the, the balance of the genders, as it were, yes. male-female yep. dynamics, because there's a lot of subtle stuff. Like, I, the quotes I pulled came um, kind of on the same page or pretty consecutively. Yep. One is, and I'm trying not to spoil the story, but let's just say one is when a man discovers uh, a woman he's interested in is uh, with another woman. And uh, yes. it, it comes off as pretty homophobic, because the, the quote from him in his, this guy character's kind of internal monologue it says it was as though he had just stumbled upon the mutilated body of a loved one. It was a crime against nature, a monstrous and wicked desecration. And there's actually a few more lines. I just cut those because they were the harshest. But yeah. then the conclusion of the story uh, is um, Madeline got up seeming to find there a safer, warmer refuge and a closer, more intimate affection. And she walked away from the scene. I won't spoil what the scene is, but right there she is in the arms of her, uh, of her lady lover. And it's, it's a pretty, you know, generous ending. She walks away in a comfort, comforted with a bosom. So yeah, not even, you know, not even too disturbed. And this actually, this is a question I was wondering, like, if you could were to pick one person from the story who you would consider like, and I know femme fatale is probably like a general term because I thought every one of these stories has a very clever, um, you know, cunning woman at the, at the heart of it, I think. Um, yeah. Like who would be the femme fatale in this story? Would it be the lady lover? No. It, well, so certainly, so femme fatale, I, by the way, checked a min- few minutes before we started is did not make it into the penguin literary dictionary. It's not official enough a term, but there is like a Wikipedia Wikipedia page for it since it's, it's like a pop culture term. It's a pretty common oh, yeah. like, trope. I, weirdly, it would not have been the, the main female character from femme fatale. It yeah, actually Ma- would Madeline. not have been her. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. think so either. Uh, so that titular story I didn't find, it was the character from the, the graveyard story would, would be yes. from it. Yes. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, it, I did find it, there's a there's a section in this story where the, the I think they come over in two pairs. So two couples two um, four women total and like this whole bar they start. There was a lot of like weird home of like really dated kind of um, <laughs> like parts in the story where they start chanting lesbos and like the whole kind of like bar erupts that caught me kind of off guard. That wasn't something I would imagine <laughs> would, uh, would make it into like something that was written in like 18 something, shall 60, we, 70 something. Shall we at least not put our heads fully in the sand and say that in 2019, I bet we could walk some, uh, women into a bar somewhere in the world probably many places where they might not get a lesbos chant but they would get the looks i mean you could probably do it f- closer to you than you think so, so la is quite you know way to go la but right. uh, you could you could probably take your car two hours in some direction and find yourself in a different sure. scenario i mean i right. i'm not sure how much uh i mean things have improved we're not here to delve into you know sociological history or whatever but right yeah, no, it was, there's definitely some terms and just the the blatant awkwardness of it is, uh, yeah, it's 18th century or 19th century. 
Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it kind of plays into like that classic, classic, like, again, we're not gonna, (laughs) we're not gonna spend the whole podcast on this. But like, when you're a kid, and you're like, a like a adolescent boy, there's there is that like, odd, like fascination with like, just gay couples in general, I guess now it's more, you know, men and women, but I guess definitely when we were growing up, it was more like, there is that like mystifying was at least about you know, like, oh, like that's a lesbian couple. But I, yeah, I don't know. I was just weird. It was weird seeing that in um, like something that was like, you know, from at least over 150 years ago. But anyways, yeah, we can, we don't have to talk about that all day. No, well, I think, I mean, you know, it's, we're, this isn't our personal history podcast. I'd say both of us, as most people raised in the 90s and 2000s have, you know, complicated histories with homophobia or not, you know, there's always, you say things you shouldn't have. It's, you know, you have an embarrassing past, shameful past of saying things you shouldn't have, having complicated feelings. And, you know, there's, there's social aspects to that. There's cultural ones. There's, it, it's just, I don't think we're the people or this is the pod. Um, no, it's, it definitely is an element in almost all the stories, or at least, at least, not uh, not um, like gay and lesbian relationships per se, but definitely sexual promiscuity. I mean, that comes oh, up in almost sure. all of them. So that's, oh, that's yeah. rich in the text. I mean, that's here. If that if the subtle dynamics of that, you know, in a short story format intrigue you, this collection, I according to this sample size, he he might be a good author for that. He might be yeah, pretty right. Rich. And I found that that actually made this story the the most interesting one it was probably the you know the story that i pulled most of the like my favorite quotes from um like the ending i thought was really cold but also just you know kind of it stays with you i guess um i actually getting back to these quotes i pulled basically an entire paragraph on page 12 Mm -hmm. um that first paragraph where they're talking about that what seemed to be like a floating floating bar floating cafe um and i'm gonna get into this and i think i'm gonna read i'm not gonna read the whole thing i'll just jump in about halfway they're describing this place and uh it said cheap sex both male and female was on offer in this toddy tawdry meat market of a place where petty rivalries were exploited and quarrels picked over nothing in an atmosphere of fake gallantry where swords or pistols at dawn settled matters of highly questionable honor in the first place that's a fantastic description of a just a just a wild place. Yeah, nice uh, seedy atmosphere, and I think that guy throughout all the stories has real flashes of. I mean, it got back to why I just prefer a short story format or just a prose format of just rich descriptions that also kind of swing things along in a very smooth way. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a great description. I I pulled a description from that of the first story, cock crow that yeah. I also thought was just like an excellent tone setter and just kind of a nice visual uh, for the story. And it was about, I also wrote down that Goonlog Serpentongue, another book we reviewed a long time ago, should have had lines like this. Uh, this <laughs> is the kind of writing that literary history has improved since like Goonlog was written 700 years ago or what have you. <laughs> that guy's um, going to stick around, I think. I he think might so be like, too. I, it was so off-putting. Might, <laughs> he's the unsung hero of this whole series, maybe. Yeah. Uh, the line I pulled from that, was the dogs yelping and snapping devoured the stinking innards of the boar while the beaters and the gentlemen standing in a circle around the spoil blew their horns with all their might, which is a nice mm. uh, celebratory <laughs> and kind of nice. 
disturbing nice image of, of gentlemen at, at play, right. you know, it's yeah, right. kind of disgusting. And it's uh, it's even better in context to think when, you know, you read the story, all, all of that, he's, they're putting all of that together to like court the woman. Like, it's like, is the, are you not entertained? Like, we're standing over this dead boar. These dogs are just ripping it to shreds. And it's like, I did this for you. They all either feign interest and delight and surprise or they're, or they're actually feeling that, you know, overcome by the spectacle of it. I don't know. That was the story yeah. that I thought had, that was also the first one in the collection. I thought a great kind of set up an introduction to the style generally, but I thought that one had the best ending. It was another quote I pulled. I thought it had the cleanest break. And it, a lot of the endings here you described as cold. I think that's, yeah, it, they're definitely succinct and curt. You know, they're not like yes. they don't overstay. I think, I mean, frankly, most, any great short story should do some version of that at least. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to, but it helps. Um, and the it finished from that one. And again, I won't spoil the, details in case anyone goes into it but it just says she answered in the same dismissive tone she took with her husband nothing she said it's a cock go back to sleep monsieur it's nothing to do with you and i think monsieur just means like gentleman or something yeah i think uh, monsieur that's like the is that the french yeah monsieur oh it probably is yeah because i mean Madame and Monsieur. Yeah, to me it looks like Monsieur, but that's because totally. I'm an American. <laughs> I'm going to say Monsieur. Uh, no, I think I I'm sure there's pl- probably plenty more of that, but I'm just you know I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, it might, that might be what it is. But um, that's a yeah. I thought that was a really, and I had to read that a couple times again. I'm not going to spoil too much about that story or about that ending and and. Uh, specifically but um it's it's really it's great how she said uh she answered in the same dismissive tone as she took with her husband so it's like you can already tell just from that alone that that's that's an interesting uh part of the story and if she's you know she's talking to someone else who's not her husband that's it's it's, i don't know adds a bit of intrigue i thought that was really that was a really well done ending in my opinion yeah, and I I think like most great short stories, it does it leaves plenty to be interpreted while also achieving just a very clean. At the end, you can interpret that in a pretty pretty straightforward manner, and it works. Yeah, and then I'm sure that there are subtleties that if you wanted to pour back over it and think about different kind of components playing with each other, it's it probably has that too. But I think it just came away came away feeling thematically coherent. On a, even on a first read, just thinking, oh yes, that's a that's an extremely good ending for that. Yeah, yeah, I um, I thought the same thing. The only the only ending that I thought was similar, and I also circled this uh, this quote was the was the last the last sentence from the last story in the collection laid to rest, where. Uh, it says, I was longing to know whose widow she had chosen to be that day. I thought that was also similarly effective. And um, yeah, I thought just, you know, really well done. Just really nice way to end that. That one I didn't enjoy. So the paragraph previous, I uh, also pulled 
as sort of a quote to discuss. For one, uh, usually we try and pull quotes that are intriguing or interesting or fun, but I pulled one that that kind of, I thought, tried to represent some of what went wrong in the stories or things I didn't enjoy. The paragraph previous to that is just a long series of rhetorical questions of sorts. And yeah. granted, I think... In, in terms of like story structure and kind of thematic stuff, it kind of actually works. Again, if we talk about the story, it's, it's basically about a guy who uh, falls for a woman and then there's sort of a mystery around it. So it makes sense at the yeah. end that he's confused still by the mystery. He's sort of like perplexed that this thing happened to him that he, he like sort of pieces together but doesn't understand. But yeah, he, about, yeah. Something about just ending with a series of questions to me. I mean, I tell my students who are high school writers for the most part, like avoid rhetorical questions if you can. It just always hits me as one of the b- more bland kind of rhetorical little devices you can play with, you know, yeah. was she unique or were there more like her? Was it a professional specialty <laughs> or was she alone? Yeah. And then it, it's just sort of, I, it almost yeah. feels like a summary in a weird way. Like unless, yeah. unless the questions are doing something truly unique and putting some really different spin. I just didn't get that with these. They felt more plain, just like, okay, mm. yeah, he's, and he's left perplexed and here's the proof. I kind of, I kind of thought it was all part of like the mind fuck for him and how that was kind of like playing out in real time because there's, you know, what happens right before that when he, you know, he thinks he has everything figured out and then he kind of gets thrown for a loop. Um, yeah, I can see what you mean that it is like when you, <laughs> when you go back, it's like, was she unique? Were there more like her? Why am I talking to myself? It, it does kind of be, it does kind of seem kind of cheesy. Though, in defense of that talking to myself decision, he's actually, it's a frame narrative. He is actually telling the story oh, to his buddies. That's true. So that's it is, true. It is probably supposed to be interpreted a bit more conversationally in terms of the delivery of it and how it reads and the style. I, even then, I still don't like it. But, I mean, it, yeah, if you set things up in a frame narrative, it's supposed to sound more naturalistic. It's dialogue. I mean, it's him telling it, which, yeah, I mean, I get that. That, that does matter. Yeah, actually, I I liked how that was set up, and I kind of circled. We have to, we'll move on from the quotes in a minute, but I thought this was really nice. It said, certain creatures at certain times and places look absolutely in their element. Let's say a goldfish in a bowl, a nun in a church, or what have you, sitting there smoking a cigar with his elbows on the table, a half glass of liqueur brandy to hand, and relaxing in a warm haze of coffee and tobacco. He looked like a man in his ideal milieu. That's it. That's a... That's another good one. I think that's another really, really well put description of a person. It is, and it and it sets up well for a sort of a takedown later because I do end up. I, I came out of this and thinking, and after some more contemplation, but I think it's mostly takedowns of men and men men's behavior at the time. <laughs> and I think yeah, that, that actually, though it seems like a, a setup for someone to tell a rip roaring like joyfully masculine like brag tale and it just is not and i think most of these end up twisting the knife in that way which is pretty great it's pretty subtle actually yeah that's something that i didn't think about because it's so easy to focus on um a lot of the female characters that are in these stories but yeah uh, when you look at the other side it is kind of like helpless uh (laughs) like like really uh weird uh i would say sensitive male characters like like extremely sensitive yeah i mean beyond yeah beyond control in a sense i mean the first story femme fatale makes that pretty clear in a way we won't have to discuss again trying to keep it pure for the listeners but yeah 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 um so 
I guess that takes us back into the author to author, our favorite, uh, most compelling segment on the pod. And um, I'm going to let you start with this one. Yeah, well, I do have things written down. I, I do think the, <laughs> <laughs> probably smart to. I, I am prepared. Probably, if that's, uh, yeah, probably if that's smart to kick that one my direction. Yeah, let's set let's set me <laughs> yeah. up with the pass there. I'm going to spike it. <laughs> yeah. or, uh, that would be a bump, but not a pass. But yeah, it's time yeah. To, time to spike it. I think yep. bring it home. I mean, the thematic thread is so obvious. It's about men's relationships with women and that both of them are just the, the last poetry collection let's say it for one final time was about a man's deceased wife and he was a widower i think we've said the word deceased like a hundred times now between those two pods um yeah and, and then most of these guy stories are yeah also about men either trying to save or have relationships with women their characters are all men by the way so what are you gonna do i guess from yeah, the point of, sorry from the point of view of men i meant not just about them um right I, the the tonal contrast is pretty pretty aggressively obvious. I mean, the the guy stories are kind of celebratory in a in a fun way, though they have these darker under like undercurrents. Though, yeah, Hardys are just so uh, like hmm, melancholy. I think is the right word. Though maybe that word's a little plain. But it, they they mm-hmm. just have that quiet melancholy to them. We talked about these are right. far more fun. Like we read the descriptions, they're just a bit more fun and playful at times. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a really stark contrast. It's almost like Hardy's are like whispered onto the page. And these are like kind of rip roaring kind of like jump off the page. I think that was, that was the, like, that's the comparison that I draw between, uh, Hardy and guy and i think stylistically it pans out i think guy at times comes off they're both subtle i think i wrote that that this there's a lot of similarity in the subtlety of it i think in Mm -hmm. guy though he's more willing to show his hand if that makes sense i mean i know in poetry you're supposed to make things subtle by their nature yeah Uh, and be poetic for lack of a better term (laughs) yeah of of course that's the dream (laughs) you know Uh, (laughs) but i think guys do are more playful. There's some winking. And again, I think if you look at the structure of the stories and how some of them conclude, it is largely coming out with a pretty, I'm not going to say transgressive message for the time. Cause I'm also not going to pretend to fully understand the social life of Parisians in you know, the 1800s or whatever in the social economics. Yeah. Even the economic, early 19 or late 19th century. More, sure. more just the gender dynamics. Cause that's again, what these stories mostly deal in, but it definitely feels yeah. more playful, playful. Sorry, and there's a there's more winking about like, ooh, see this, see this maybe controversial thing I just pulled in the story. So yeah, it's yeah more of that. Yeah, um, yeah, I uh, I agree, and couldn't have uh, couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> well, I'm flattered. Um, yeah, I, and no no desire on my part this week. I don't know about you for style swap. That's another author author check in. I don't care how Hardy. I don't, I'm not interested in how Hardy would write a playful night out in Parisian France, like being debaucherous and like buying uh, all kinds of alcohol and like prostitutes and what. I, I have no interest in his version of that. Me either. Yeah, he kind of uh, he can stay in his lane, I think. And also, I'm not sure if I would want to hear Guy. Well, I guess I would be more interested in Guy uh, trying on Hardy's style more so than I'd like to see 
that reversed. You know, in, in two stories, we essentially did get the same topic in both the story about the, the hot hot and son and the woman in the graveyard. Both of those are pretty much about loss in a sense, but they, he puts his guy, not satirical twist, but his sort of like subversive twist on them and how the you know narratives play out and what the characters do. Yeah. It's, it's far less yeah. sincere. I think it's more yeah. uh, clever. It doesn't, yeah, I think so. A little bit more clever, even though, you know, he maybe he could have taken a different direction with it. But um, I thought the wink in the, like you said, the um, Hatat and Son story at the end, I thought was really nicely done. And yeah, he, he deals with loss quite a bit, but he has a um, like a very... It's kind of lighthearted, even though, like you said earlier, there are some pretty there's some pretty dark undertones. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's let's wrap up with reviews, and I think we've said uh, just plenty about this collection, and you know, I think we've kind of showed our cards. I have, I do. Well, no, I don't want to start. I do, I think I'm going to change my mind though. That's why I wanted to start. Mm. But you you should start though. Mm. What do you think? Well, maybe yeah, maybe sometimes it, uh, the benefits of going off the cuff i think because i think i i had an idea going in of what i was going to score this but after after discussing i'm gonna give this a three i really found this i really found this to be enjoyable maybe it's because of the like the stylistic change from reading poetry for two weeks and like then actually getting to dive into these short stories um i thought they were colorful enough uh the the characters in it I found to be pretty interesting. Um, I thought he ended things in, in each story uh, really well. And I'm actually, I can imagine, I can see myself already recommending this or giving this little book to like one of my friends to read. Yeah. And I'm going to reverse course though. I will at least explain uh, I had one written down first, so for us, we should usually try and explain this. You never know when a new listener drops into the pod. Uh, for us, a one True. a one is an avoid, pretty much a wholehearted do not read this recommendation. A two is qual- yep. qualified, and we'll explain the qualification, like maybe read this, maybe don't. And then three is, again, pretty much unqualified recommendation. Hey, this is great. Here's why you should definitely read this, etc. Yep. I had one down. And I think it's just because the style was a bit, in some ways, it almost had the wrong subtlety. And I wish I could target this a little more, maybe given like a semester yeah. to think this over, I could put it into a paper or something. But in the in the time I spent with the book, I don't think I ever perfectly narrowed in on what I didn't like. I just know that I'm reading short story collections pretty often. I read a few a year at least. And it just did not have, yeah. it did not grab me. It did not cut. And I think I wrote down here, didn't have the shock and awe of like what I think an amazing short story has, but it could just be my preferences. Yeah. And so I did type one at first, but now I'm looking and I think as we continue rating books, it's important to keep the entirety of what we've experienced in, at heart probably more than anything. I cannot put right. I cannot put yeah. this with Goonlog and Wailing Ghost, <laughs> which I truly dislike <laughs> reading. Like actively wanted to stop right. and then only continued because I yes. had to finish them. And I think that is going right. to be probably the mark of a one continuing from here. I'm going to go to, I think these there, plenty of subtlety. They can be enjoyed there. Yeah. You know, if, especially if you're interested in, in that period of history or have any 
interest in Paris or something. I it, they're clever, and I, I did enjoy them. I, I at no point did I think ah, I'm not going to. I think I read each story not all four at the same time, but I finished one once I started it. So I think that's yeah. a recommendation enough. Yeah, yeah, it was super easy reading, and I think going back, the benchmarks have been set. Like there's some serious ones out there that I would feel really bad putting this into that bucket and you know there's some fantastic threes i don't i don't think we've really been doling them out uh but this i think belongs up there with some of the more enjoyable collections that we've read or at least that i've read um so far yeah and uh spoiler alert for fans of the pod i think we're going to do something around our 20th review there's obviously it will not obviously there's 80 in this mm. collection if you haven't heard us talk about that yet so 20 will be yeah. a small landmark you know it's they're it's even evenly divided into 80 in some way so yeah we'll be a quarter of the way done yeah. but and that's going to be an interesting one to celebrate uh carl marx the communist manifesto yes, it's just some just, <laughs> just something to look forward to we've joked about the pod stopping <laughs> who knows if it ever will or what will stop it but <laughs> fuck if that's it that, sure. That might be it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I've got I've got tomes. I've got these red bound tomes in the in my personal library that might have to get unearthed when we read this. Who knows what yep. I'll rediscover? It's could it could yeah. get really intricate. Who knows what that episode will be? Um, something to something to look forward to. Yeah. It will be it will be a bench or a you know benchmark of its own. Uh, we're, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. But in the meantime, in the immediate short term, next week we're looking at Marco Polo travels in the land of serpents and pearls, which I didn't even know Marco Polo was an author. Oh, yeah. He, his, his journal or that's diary. His claim, that's his claim to fame. Well, I guess he'd have to write about the travels. Yeah, he traveled course. and then he wrote famously about it. Mm, okay, well. Travels in the Land of Serpents and Pearls is next week. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. We'll try and resist all Marco Polo jokes. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Well, I, you yeah. know, we're doing this across a great distance, so we might have to just do one, but that's okay. I think we'll, I, well, yeah, we'll try and we'll try and sneak it right in the beginning and then quickly move on. Yeah, keep it clean. I this is one as a preview that i read so i own this collection for a while and didn't read all of it but i've read this one so i'll be rereading it um mm-hmm. i remember mixed feelings so i'm intrigued to go back that's where i'm gonna leave it i'm not gonna say anything more i like that nice little teaser there mix some mixed feelings yeah yeah and i think that does it for us ryan uh you want to take us out yeah and uh on that note we'll see you next week and between the classics. 